Alpha One time is 30, oh, 25 minutes to two o'clock. And now, if you haven't figured it out already, I am a great fan of Korean dramas. And maybe, you know, I like the slushy romance and the handsome heroes, but there's more to them than you think. They are addictive, but there's more there, really, there is. So I thought I would call in an expert to give you an insight into the whole industry. And if you're a newbie to them, then this might be a good way for you to get a little bit of guidance as to what to watch. Um, Tamara Herman is a pop culture journalist and K-pop aficionado who has covered the Korean entertainment industry. I'm getting awfully excited now, you see, this is the problem, for a variety of outlets, including Billboard and Forbes, and featured in Netflix, Vox Explained, and YouTube's K-pop Evolution. She recently moved to Hong Kong to join the South China Morning Post, where she is a senior culture writer, and her first book, BTS Blood, Sweat and Tears, came out in August 2000. 2020. Good afternoon to you. Quite an impressive CV there. Hello, Tamar. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, it's great to have you. Now, Tamar, um, you've got pretty impressive CV there. Um, tell me a little bit more about how you got interested in this area. Uh, uh, I've been a fan of K-pop and I've been watching K-dramas since I was in high school. Uh, and I kind of just followed that path through college. And then I got a job in New York, in local news at NBC New York. And at the same time, I was covering K-pop for a few sites. And I just kind of kept going, blending my journalism background with my love of culture and entertainment and trying to cover, you know, the growing globalization of entertainment and bringing some business and also some fun aspects to this all um so yeah i've been been watching it k dramas for probably about half of my life now <laughs> uh, wow that's it's like intense to internalize yeah yeah it's it's funny because you know i've been watching them i would say for the last year or two years now and um and you almost kind of become part of it. You kind of, you get like if I walk into a Korean shop and think, oh, I know this. I'm familiar with all of this. It's a bit weird. Um, so now, you know, they are. This isn't just a phenomenon here in Asia, is it? In terms of being popular, it, it's across the world, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. K dramas have um, had various, you know, international lifetimes. So. Um, K-dramas were originally, you know, popular first through Asia. There was a big, the the first big international wave was in Asia, particularly Japan, um, about a, two decades ago. And then it spread throughout all of Asia, Southeast Asia, Middle East, Latin America. And now, like, Anglophone countries, especially the U.S., are finally catching mm. on. But it's been a very steady regional growth. And so... Like if you turn on like TVs in Latin America or the Middle East, you might not infrequently see a K-drama either dubbed or subtitled on TV. Uh, so it's, yeah, so it's been going on for quite a long time. Uh, and we definitely saw a big uptick during the pandemic, especially yes. with kind of, with Netflix, especially even before the pandemic started really investing in K-dramas. Hulu had previously... And there have been a few platforms dedicated to just, you know, Asian television shows in general. So uh, I don't know if you can hear from my accent, but I am American. Before <laughs> I came to Hong Kong, I was based in New York. 
And we started really seeing a big push on Netflix maybe two, three years ago. You started seeing a lot of K-dramas that weren't very typical. If you hear the term K-drama, you might think like rom-coms and romance, and that is very stereotypical. But nowadays, um, K-dramas are really just any Korean scripted TV show. And we're seeing so many this year. The, the current trending one is All of Us Are Dead, which is a zombie rom- uh, zombie, sorry, a zombie show set in a high school. I haven't watched it. I'm petrified of zombies, which means I also haven't watched the hit series Kingdom, which is a historic K-drama with zombies. <laughs> it's, um, it's very interesting. I don't know. Uh, just the kind of the type of dramas that are there because like you know generally when you say k-dramas people might just think and i just mentioned you know slush and and you know romance but it's not just slush and romance i mean there are different genres if you like horror you can find your horror if you like thrill you know thrillers you can find that and then if you like something about reincarnation and a bit more spiritual stuff that's all, all there as well, isn't it? So there's a huge kind of palette on offer, isn't there, in terms of just the, the, the types of dramas? Yeah, you can watch pretty much, you can find anything really nowadays. I think the like one maybe holdout or one that you really see less frequently um, is like action. But mm. we're increasingly see that as budget. Yeah, I saw Vicenzo, which was pretty mafioso yeah. sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> and then you were mentioning, um, you know, zombies and stuff. And one of the ones that, you know, you'll be familiar with is The Train to Busan, which I, I saw recently. And, you know, it was very well made, actually. I mean, I'm not into zombies, to tell you the truth, but but it was it was quite gripping throughout. And, and it was very well made, you know. Yeah, and, and we, I mean... It was impossible to avoid Squid Game last year. And there was also yes. another one um, on Netflix also called Hellbound, which was really, honestly, yeah. pretty high quality sci-fi. Like, it was really reminding me of, like, my youth, like, watching Buffy. Like, it was that similar kind yes. of yes. Um, gripping TV show. And and then, of course, you know, there are the, the romance-based ones, but there's also my personal favorite now nowadays is, like... Um, slice of life focused on like the lives and careers of of female friend groups okay um so okay. i really well yeah, so i just walked we can run down some of the kind of top ones that you would recommend in a few moments but can i just ask you i mean the the main things that seem to sort of stand out to me about korean dramas is one i i cannot honestly fault the acting um when you see when when i've watched them you know and i sometimes i may watch some like indian dramas sometimes or you know pakistani dramas or middle eastern dramas but but the acting in korean dramas and this is from the adults to the children is just absolutely amazing you know and some of these guys probably have come from you know music groups and and things and bands and, and yet their acting is amazing what are they doing how are they getting this right um so yeah so i mean occasionally you will hear like someone getting a lot of backlash in korea for acting even if they're like the star of a hit show um but typically the the quality of acting is quite high um the emotional like portrayal is really important for korean dramas and again like you said even from children to adults i think it because the 
there is such a high value put necessarily on the presence of the actors because in a way um at least with like the romantic ones you've seen so many of these plots before so the thing that is pulling it together really is the acting and the writing and if you can't relay the writing as an actor it's just the same old show we've seen a thousand mm. times mm. but it's it's very rarely feels that way you know mm. the the acting is of a high quality there is there is quite a heavy push on like actors who go to acting schools and acting you know majors in university but honestly a lot of it's just kind of the whole the whole industry really values high quality yeah, acting so you're yeah. not getting anyone who's just kind of showing up there and not doing the their, their it, job yeah. properly like yeah like there is you, a passion without <laughs> doubt. absolutely you can um the other thing is is that you know given you know today like we have netflix we have a huge variety of things available to us in terms of the types of films we can watch but in all honesty you know i was watching um mr sunshine recently somebody recommended it and it is an epic drama it's a korean drama and it's an epic because it's got historical elements it's got the romance and yet you know it was a build-up of you know gradual their relationship and there are three main male characters in it but what i find is that um you know the romantic side, like, you know, the the whole drama, I won't spoil it because, you know, the whole I felt the whole drama went by and the, and the, the hero and heroine didn't even get a kiss. <laughs> they didn't even kiss each other. And I'm sitting there willing it. I'm thinking, why doesn't he kiss her? But, but that seems to be a kind of, you know, it may be episode 10 by the time they actually hold hands and you're absolutely thrilled by that, you know. So that's that's an interesting aspect of it because, you know, you could if you're watching a, a Hollywood film within two seconds, it gets steamy like you know so how does that is that just part of the culture um i think it's definitely part of the, the k-drama culture is kind of to um tell don't show mm -hmm. um but also it, it kind of, it does reflect you know just um general in korea like uh public shows of affection um, in, I mean, it's changing dependent, like with generations, but it's still pretty, um, I wouldn't say taboo, but it's still pretty yeah, like, you know, I can see that private and modest and, um, obviously not everything and different shows have different, you know, feelings to them. But I think that sort of, will they, will they, won't they, except we know they will aspect is something that is very appealing to people, you know, the whole, um, build up in a lot of shows is very different than nowadays. Like if you're living in a world with Tinder and you're now yeah. watching a TV show with 16, 25 episodes <laughs> where like nothing, they barely, they barely like do anything except talk. It's exactly. so different. It's it so romanticized. It's like kind of like the, the, the visual version of like a reading a romance novel or a YA, like a young adult like it romance. does like it, it's very it, it's pure. it seriously takes me back to yeah you know charlotte bronte and and that you know if you look at <laughs> pride and prejudice and stuff that you know mr darcy's there but he's not going to or jane Eyre and and you know that they just it is all about words and it is all about you know developing that relationship which is which is quite refreshing actually you know you don't miss it you do actually get quite thrilled that oh how sweet they've held hands <laughs> so it's quite interesting yeah, I'm still waiting for a Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> okay. Now, the other thing is, is that, you know, with the K-dramas, um, what, how how do we decide? Because I, I, there were so many evenings, and I'm sure lots of people feel like that, that they go onto Netflix and they see loads and loads of dramas there. Now, where do we go to find out where the best ones are? We could give you a ring every so often and find out. But how, how do we sort of decide which ones to watch that are popular? Um, I think, I mean, the, the most popular ones nowadays, you see them trending on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, or another good tip that I, I noticed is if you can go check Korean music platforms and you can see what soundtracks are trending because that's usually a pretty good um, show of a show's popularity if their soundtrack is really taken soundtrack is very important Um, isn't it very important soundtracks uh they're they're known as original soundtracks or osts is the common phrase um of korean tv shows are really important like you'll see very popular singers being brought on you'll see shows that are wholly put together by their music there was a recent TV series with two seasons called Hospital Playlist and every episode incorporated a song being performed by the main cast. And that was like really important and really trending. You've seen BTS members, members of other K-pop groups like NCT singing really like songs from popular shows. Um, There is a big overlap just in general between uh, Korean singers and K-dramas like Blackpink's Jisoo was just in Disney Plus's Snowdrop, which was controversial for a variety of reasons but um it's a big pull and so yeah so now we're seeing kind of it used to be that whatever k-drama kind of would get buzz would be just talked about everywhere but now because there is kind of a there's a shift in the way that people are watching things either you're watching whatever's trending on netflix or maybe you have disney plus and you're checking out what k-dramas they're bringing or maybe you're like a quote-unquote purist and you're watching on um, one of the other platforms like Kukoa or Viki mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. Viu here in Hong Kong and whatever they like whatever's trending mm-hmm. is what you watch or are you just like an actor so you're following yes, theirs or yes. maybe that could be as um, simple as that you know, really. friends are talking about it. <laughs> about yeah it. so it's very it's very diverse right now and just the changing state of streaming is really changing things so you get maybe nowadays you get really popular shows maybe in Korea that aren't getting exported out of Korea because they just don't have the licensing deals yeah. on Netflix, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and it's really changing things. It's really changing things. Well, I think they're taking over the world, to tell you the truth. There's, there's a huge <laughs> move here. Can I ask you, like, if I was going to um, say to you, what would be your top three, that your most favourite? I mean, things like Crash Landing on You has been incredibly popular. And I know people are following it because they can see that the, the two leads in that are now getting married, which is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> this is perfect for us. But um, what would you say? What are your three favourites? Um, so... Uh, before the show, you told me you were going to ask me this, and I really, I don't know if I could think of like top three overall. But in recent months, the ones I watched that that I think really everyone should check out. I think the the oldest one I think came out in 2019. So these are all pretty new, and also they're not like the biggest hits in the world internationally. Mm-hmm. They're just ones I particularly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's Search WWW, which is about women in tech in Korea. There's Work Later Drink Now, which is about um, a bunch of raging alcoholic friends dealing with lives and their work 
uh, in their 30s. And then the popular uh, historic drama that recently won like a lot of awards in South Korea called The Red Sleeve. I just finished. Red Sleeve. (laughs) Okay. Yes, it was quite good. Uh, (laughs) If you're a fan of K-pop, 2PM's Juno was in it and he did very, very well. He won a lot of awards at the end of the year. Super. That sounds great. I must admit, though, you know, the it's quite I always feel whenever I start a drama that, you know, it's it's a commitment because once you start it, you have to finish it. And if there are 25 episodes, I mean, in the beginning of this week, as I said, I started Sunshine, uh, Mr. Sunshine, and I could not help it. But although I had work to do, and things like that, I ended up watching <laughs> till 2.30 in the morning because I just thought, no, no, I just see one more episode, just one more. And, uh, and that's how it goes. But, but they are quite addictive, aren't they? Yeah, and if you stop, you like have a hard time picking it up again. Like the red sleeve, one of my friends is like, "When are you finishing watching?" I'm like, I'm at the really sad point. I have to like pause before I pick it back up because I know it ends. And so uh, she was like, "How are you watching this over a period of a month and not a week?" And I was like, "I don't know. It's very odd." It's so yeah, uncommon. It, 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 they really are very good, I must admit. And also, the one thing I, I do like about them, too, is that, you know, without that, as you were saying, you know, this whole thing about not showing any steamy scenes and things like that, if you are going to sit there and watch them with your family, uh, you know, with little kids around and things, it's absolutely safe. <laughs> it's absolutely okay. Um, there's no problems like that, is it? Is that is that another reason that perhaps, you know, this does become a family social thing to do? I think um, definitely to some degree, like I have friends who they and their mother watch the same shows and, you know, that definitely is something that they can talk about. Um, Mom, if you're listening, please go watch some more K-dramas. I'd love to talk to her about it. <laughs> um, also, like, I just think like friends groups, people, you know, it's it's a commonality that is something that in a world where we're increasingly like very divided, it's something that is kind of easy to just engage with and and just talk about mm. um, that's not to say that there aren't you know k-dramas with issues that go in them they or are now handling quite we are seeing yeah serious issue issues they do handle it's, them don't they that's right they've been in many yeah, of them yeah, yeah. Mm. so it's something that's definitely changing in k-dramas is kind of we're seeing more variety and more kind of um in-depth conversations about different aspects of life like every few years ago you couldn't even imagine you know um uh, like a positive portrayal of maybe a divorced woman and exactly. now increasingly we're seeing that um, it's just kind of matching the change of um, like culture in the world and South Korea especially uh, but I think just you know it, there really is something for everything and pretty much where whatever type of show you like you can find and you know it's reliably going to be done well most of the time like it's very rare to watch a K-drama and not think that was a high quality production. And when it does, it becomes a huge problem. Like there have been instances and and it just becomes such a shock that it's literally career ruining in South Korea. Yeah, well, I can see that. And and as yet, to tell you the truth, I haven't actually seen anything which I thought, oh, that's rubbish. That's not very good. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to end now just to ask you that what are you up to now? Like, you know, have you got um, something on the cards now where K-dramas or, you know, K-pop is concerned? What's on your menu of things to do now? Um I always have something on my plate regarding K-dramas. I just, I will have an upcoming story this week about not a K-drama, sorry, about K-pop, not K-dramas. I will have an upcoming story about um, a K-pop 
reality show called Mama the Idol, which focused on K-pop stars who have female K-pop stars who have left their career behind to become home care, home take like <laughs> um, primary caregivers for their children. And now they kind of are putting the spotlight back on them and exploring what it means to be a, a star and also a mother. Um, and just in general, yeah, I'm going to go watch, um, there's a new K-drama called, um, oh my gosh, what is it? It's, what is it, 25, 29? Um, <laughs> well, and well, you're going to have to fill us up. We're going to have to give me another update in a few weeks' time. But listen, um, uh, Tamara, thank you so much for your time today. It's brilliant. I'm going to leave you now with some music from um, Crash Landing on You, the main track. Thank you very much.